0: to Avant-Garde Book story time Today, I'll be reading The 1619 Project, Born on the Water. This book was written by Nicole Hannah-Jones and Renee Watson. It was illustrated by Nicholas Smith. If you have the book, you can follow along. If you don't, it's okay. Get in a comfortable place. Just get relaxed and listen quietly to The 1619 Project, born on the water questions my teacher gives us an assignment who are you she asks. trace your roots draw a flag that represents your ancestral land most of my classmates can count back many generations and learn about the countries where their families came from they draw their flags but i leave my paper blank i do not know where i begin what my story is At home, Grandma asks, how was school? I tell her about the assignment, how I couldn't finish it, how I can only count back three generations here in this country where my parents, my grandparents, and my great-grandparents were born. But before that, I do not know. I tell her that I am ashamed. Grandma gathers the whole family, says, come. Let me tell you our beginning. Let me tell you where we're from. What grandma tells me. They say our people were born on the water, but our people had a home, a place, a land before they were sold. 400 years ago in 1619, our ancestors were taken and brought here on a ship called the White Lion, a whole year before the Mayflower arrived. But before that dreadful voyage, there was a time when they did not pray for freedom. There was a time when they did not sing about overcoming. Their story does not begin with whips and chains. They had a home, a place, a land, a beginning. Their story is our story, but before they were enslaved, they were free. They had a language. They spoke kumundu, had their own words for loved, for friend, for family. The kingdom of Ndongo was nestled between the Lukala and the Kwanzaa rivers on a high, high plateau in West Africa. The people were good with their hands, knew the power of a seed, how to plant it, water it, how to make something out of nothing. The people were good with their minds, good at math and science. They used shells for money, counting, recording, trading. They knew what their work was worth. They spoke Kemundu, had their own words for joy, for grow, for home. Their hands had a knowing. Their hands had a knowing. They knew how to hold a baby close how to rock the child to keep her from crying. Their hands knew how to mix herbs, how to get the just right flavor for a meal. Their hands knew how to beat and twist and shape iron, how to make gardening tools, armor, and weapons. Their hearts had a knowing. They knew how to make work joyful, how to create rhythm by pounding the tools against metal, knew how to make music to keep them company as they worked. Their minds had a knowing, worldly, curious, sharp. When they met the white people, they learned quick, taught their tongues to speak Portuguese, taught their eyes to read strange words. They knew how to mix the old with the new, how even an ancient people always had more to learn. And they danced. And the people moved their feet, moved their whole bodies, to the melody of horns and stringed instruments, of marambas and drums. They dance to celebrate, to mourn. They dance as a way of worship to offer thanks. Their bodies a song under open sky and bright sun. Their bodies a swaying testament to the beauty of creation. Stolen. And the white people took them away kidnap them, baptize them in the name of their God, stamp them with new names. Ours is no immigration story. They did not get to pack bags stuffed with cherished things with a doll. Grandma had woven from tall grass with the baby blanket handed down from generation to generation all the way back, so far back, that it carried the scent of the ancestors. They could not hug their fathers and mothers, daughters and sons, hearts thumping in rhythm, clinging to that final sweetness before the parting. No promises, whispered from mouth to ear of seeing each other soon. Just wails and sobs, confusion and wrists worn, raw from shackles made of iron feet split and bloody from the 200-mile march along the Kwanzaa River. They had no things, but they had their minds, the old ways, the harvest songs, the just-right mix of herbs etched in their memories. They had their bodies, histories, and bloodlines and drums pulsing in their veins. With trembling fingers, they braided seeds into the hair defiantly hiding tiny pieces of home to plant one day in new soils. No matter what some say, the people fought, and the white people took them away anyway, forced them into the bottom of an evil ship to sail to a new world they had no desire to see. Ours is no immigration story. The White Lion. No one knows how long it took, but before they knew, they would never see Ndonko again, never run along the high, high plateau, or throw their heads back in giggles with their best friends. Maybe it was the second month or the third when they had not seen their land or any land for so many days they could no longer count. Some could not bear the pain. They refused to eat their mouths. They shut their mouths until their hearts gave out. Others tossed themselves into the teal eternity of the Atlantic Ocean, swimming one last time with the ancestors. Sickness and hunger, filth and cruelty took the others, almost half. But those who did not die resolved to live, no matter what packed in darkness misery strangers chained together head to feet hip to hip in the bottom of a ship called the white lion they saw that these strangers men women children kidnapped too from many villages these were their people now these many people became one people a new people and that is why the people say we were born on the water we come from the people who refused to die. Point Comfort. Finally, the ship stopped moving and the people were dragged to the deck. They closed their eyes against the light of a sun they had not seen since Mother Africa's coast. They closed their eyes against the sight of a land that was not theirs. They cried a silent cry as white men spoke strange words talking about their bodies, and with a handshake traded another's child, another's mama and daddy, 20 to 30 beloved human beings in all, for a few pounds of food and drink. 400 years ago, in the year 1619, the white people called this land Virginia, a sweet-sounding word for a place of such pain, a sweet-sounding word for the place where American slavery began. Tobacco Fields From sunup to sundown, the people worked the fields, growing and harvesting tobacco. The crops were sold to Europe, bringing wealth to Virginia, but the enslaved people did not get anything in return for their labor. The people worked and worked. When the people grew weary, they remembered their yesterdays, remembered their songs from Ndango, sang them to ease their spirits. As they sang, they looked into the future, hoped for better days, planted prayers into the heavens, praying, praying, praying for freedom. How to Make a Home After a long day's work, planting tobacco In the fields after brutal treatment after nothing to show for their hard work sadness would come a longing for indongo for the mamas for the daddies for the friends they could no longer hug and talk with under the warm sun we are in a strange land they said but we are here and we will make this home we have our songs our recipes our know-how we have our joy we will love, laugh, sing, and hug our children as tight as you can hold a child. We will survive because we have each other. And so the people planted the seeds they carried over the ocean, snuck to visit one another in the dark of night, sang songs, swapped, swapped tales of yesterday, remembering, remembering. And the people planted dreams and hope will themselves to keep living living and the people learn the words for love for friend for family for joy for grow for home we are in a strange land they said but we are here and we will make this our home we have determination imagination faith we will survive because we have each other the Tuckers of Tidewater, Virginia. 1624, Anthony and Isabella enslaved on the plantation of Captain William Tucker and his wife, Mary Tucker. Two ordinary people forced to teal the soil, forced to build a country they were not from, found a way to build, a love for each other, to marry and create a family, a legacy. They did not know their family would be the start of a new people. They were just two ordinary people who had a son, a new beginning, a promise to live on and on. William Tucker, hope is a promise. Faith that a better day will come. Belief that things will not always be this way. Hope is refusal to give up, to die out. Hope is a child born. Way back then, Hope had a name, William Tucker. He was born to ordinary people, a man and a woman who were not free, but who believed in freedom, who were not free, but believed that one day freedom would come even if they never saw it. These two ordinary people gave life to an extraordinary child, a child not of Africa, a child not of Europe, nor of the native peoples already here but a child of the new people formed on the water. The first black child born in the land, they would, that would become the United States, the first truly American child. Resist. Life was hard, and it would get harder for generations to come. White people told the people they were not human, that the people were things to be bought and sold and given as gifts alongside horses and chairs. When the people were beaten, they said the people did not feel pain. When they sold the people's children, they said the people didn't love. These were lies they made up so they could feel okay about slavery. It was wrong always and forever to own human beings. It is wrong always and forever to treat human beings like things. The people fought back. For 250 years, the people resisted every day in big ways and small. For 250 years, the biggest resistance of all was that the people kept living. Legacy. And the people who were born on the water survived, kept living and living. It was illegal to teach enslaved people how to read, but they birthed generations of teachers and librarians and scholars and authors. They were brokenhearted, beaten and bruised, but they became healers, pastors and activists, doctors and counselors. No one could steal the people's joy. They wrote songs, created jazz and hip hop, rhythm and blues. They became inventors and athletes, nurses and cooks pilots and architects, farmers and housekeepers, singers and artists, dancers and poets, mathematicians and scientists. They passed on their stories through the stitch of a quote, shared secret messages through songs. The people survived, the people fought and because the people survived and because the people fought, they finally got freedom. And because the people survived and because the people fought, America has equality in the law. And because the people survived and because the people fought, America began to live up to its promise of democracy. It is the people who fight for this democracy still. Pride. Grandma looks at me and my brothers tells us this is why we say black lives matter why we celebrate black girl magic why we believe we are our ancestors wildest dreams never forget we are their hope never forget you come from a people of great strength grandma says be proud of our story your story the next day i go to school pull out my red crayon my blue and my white I draw the stars and I draw the stripes of the flag of the country that my ancestors built, that my grandma and grandpa built, that I will help build too. And I am not ashamed. I know what my story is, where I am from, where I begin. The End I hope you enjoyed this beautiful story, boys and girls. It was the 1619 Project Born on the Water. Written by Nicole Hannah-Jones and Renee Watson. And illustrated by Nicholas Smith. Have a good day, boys and girls. Continue to listen, read, write, and learn.